Good evening and welcome to the Pompey Politics Podcast. I'm Ian Tiny Morris. And I'm Simon Sandspring. Good evening. And, uh, well, we are focusing all our attention this week uh, much closer to right down into the centre of Portsmouth and a, a guest we've been looking to get on the show for some time. Simon, who is our guest for this evening? So our esteemed guest this evening is is Councillor Claire Udi of Charles Dickens. Welcome, Claire. Hello. Hello. How are you? Do you want me to tell you the story about how you finally got me on the podcast? Feel free. Well, it's, we, 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 absolutely, because let's let's be honest, we, we, we've we've tried luring you in without success thus far so uh how did we add what finally tipped the balance uh i was completely smashed at butlins at an indie music weekend <laughs> excellent <laughs> and simon had emailed all counselors about hustings on the podcast and then i mean being really drunk message and, and now i'm here so well the story is you should always ask me to do something for you when i'm drunk and i'll probably say yes well, that's a that's a t-shirt worth wearing. Huh? Well, well, that's, that, a, that's not your tip. Um, <laughs> I was after I woke up with the worst hangover in Bognor. I can't tell you how awful it was walking yeah. through Bognor Town Centre, feeling like I was going to die the whole way to the train station. But yeah, sure. Yeah, who, who were the headliners? Who made the impression musically? Uh, Jarvis Cocker, so Jarvis, his solo uh, oh. project, which on which was on a Saturday night. Sunday, I can't remember because we ended up at a silent disco that we're playing honestly because it's a three day festival. Obviously, Friday when you turn up somewhere, you, you get on it. Yeah. And Saturday, you're like, Oh, I don't know if I should. So you just drink a little bit and you're like, I'm really tired. And then Sunday, you've recovered enough to absolutely go bonkers. And then it's a Monday, it's early January, you're in a seaside town and the weather is appalling. And you yeah. need to walk to a train station with a hangover that was horrible. Yeah, no, oh, it's, it's a great weekend. I bought tickets again and they've yeah. announced OMD and Peter Hook and the like and stuff. It's going to be great. And no. that was in a paid product placement because I didn't say where it is, but it's a uh, Rockaway Beach. If you do want to know, but I'm going. If you always go. No worries. We don't mind a bit of product placement. So to get into the podcast, so Claire, you're down the route some way. So introduce yourself, the people you represent, and what got you into local politics? Uh, so. Um, I used to be in the Labour Party, so I joined Labour the moment Jeremy Corbyn was elected leader. And then um, I went to my first meeting a few months later, and um, I kind of found myself joining this club of people that were mostly like-minded, because I was quite, I still think I was young and naive, even though in 2015 I was still like in my late 20s. I had no formal education. I was just doing an access course at that time. Um, I was a really, I was a, well, a mother to some young children, like my daughter was one at the time. And um, I felt a bit lost, but I felt like there was kind of some hope with Jeremy Corbyn. I was, in, I'm inherently left-wing. I think I was brought up, I did read the Daily Mail every day because my parents did, because it was the only paper they bought. So I did it. I didn't realise I was left-wing until I was a little bit older and I kind of gained my own my own critical thought. Um, I think that kind of happens in households where you're just told one thing and you don't realise that there's a million other different opinions. And So I joined this party, digressed a bit then. I joined Labour and I started helping out within a few weeks. I um, found some, uh, joined some socialists and started going to protest for the first time. 
properly. I'd been to like a civil service one in about 2010 uh, regarding cuts or pay. It was early coalition that we went to, that I went to one of my friends because they're all in the PCS. Um, so I started out there and then uh, about a year and a half later, after helping Stephen Morgan become a councillor in Charles Dickens, I was asked if I wanted to apply for the seat whilst I was, I was in the middle of university at the time. So I um, I went forward and did it and I started campaigning and then things went tragically, tragically wrong during the election campaign on RLF Labour about two, about a week and a half before, the, was it a week and a half before the election or two weeks before? I think it was two weeks before the election. I just had enough and I was tired and I was broken and I felt tragically let down by my friends within the party and I decided that that was it and everyone could go F themselves. So... And I and I stopped campaigning at that point, um, and I didn't want to do anything. Well, I carried on doing some bits. I was I was visiting coffee mornings, and I still went to those coffee mornings in those last two weeks. And I said that I was I didn't know what was going to happen. Um, I was just sad, and I just, I just wanted to go to the coffee mornings in the area again. And um, I'd actually gone to a pub quiz on the night of the election, and I got home. And I got texted by a few people saying that I should come to the count. So I turned up in a sparkly rainbow sequin dress and took that's my a, seat. That's a bold look. <laughs> it was a good look. It, there's a picture of me in the paper. But afterwards, after I was elected in, um, the, the press were trying to talk to me about me moving from Labour and like, my husband's dragging me away. But someone was like, could you just take a photo of like pretending you've won again? And there's a picture of me as like, and that's like a stock photo that's used for me in the news now. Um, my friend, I got an article written for her because she started up some group about singing with older people in, in dementia care homes. You two have disappeared. That makes me worried. No, I'm still no, here. No, we're still here. Oh, okay. Sorry, that's just, me. that's just me playing with the image. Don't worry, that's fine. You're okay, we're still here. <laughs> so she, my friend Lou, she started something and I got her a feature in the paper and they accidentally used that picture for me instead of me and that picture of me within the council and the sparkly dress going, hey! But they use it all the time, that picture. And I'm quite glad that they do because it is pretty good. But other than that, I, did, I, I was upset that I had won to a degree, but because I've been at the pub quiz, I was a little bit drunk, so I was kind of just revelling in the moment for a second. I'd yeah. written a really short 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 speech on my phone to read out because it wasn't going to reference anything it was just a general thank you for electing me to the seat because I spent the next I spent over the weekend well on the Saturday I had a pre-booked gig so that was my treat I went to see Leftfield in London went up uh, with Cy Bunting actually <laughs> so hello Cy you're probably watching um but I came back and I had to make a decision whether I was going to stay and do what I was elected to do or just just chuck it in immediately and call a by-election but I was so angry about leaving the Labour Party and wanting to make a difference that I decided that I was going to stay and I just started doing everything by myself and having to get to know offices and people in the area by myself I realised that a lot of the things I just wasn't taught on the campaign trail and mm. And I literally had no idea going into to a huge degree. I'd met a lot of people on the road and in the area, but nothing about the processes of what happens in the council and other bits and bobs. And I feel like that was a place where I was kind of let down as a candidate within a party, but I got over it, 
chucked myself in there, got to know quite a lot of the Lib Dems who I made friends with really quickly because obviously they wanted me in their, in their little party, but obviously I wasn't going to go. But um, I made friends with lots of people, especially Dave Atchmore in my first year. Like We just hung out together and uh, mucked about a bit. And it was nice to muck around with someone and just kind of not be in a suit all the time and just have a nice time because being a counsellor I know you get moaned at a lot that's a big thing about being a counsellor you get moaned at all the time by residents and I'm fine with that that's part of my job but there needs to be a fun element of it and there is sometimes when you get invited to stuff and, and I guess that must have been you know and I think one of the things that I, I certainly didn't realise and, and I guess those that aren't close to you didn't it was that you did entertain the thought of, of almost handing that election victory back and saying you know no thanks it's it's not for me because I guess it, you know if you're in a party and you've got that support mechanism around you that makes that transition into being a counsellor you know you have got somebody to point at where you should go and who you should talk to so I guess standing there, you know, effectively on your own, mm. that must have been a really tough decision. So, you know, you, you've painted a picture there with, oh, I've got a one-year-old daughter or my daughter's, you know, just coming up to school age and, you know, I'm in the middle of a degree. I know what I'll do. This, you know, I'll be a counsellor at the same time. It sounds to me like you've, um, you know, that, that, that was, must have been quite a decision. Um, I think part of me, I might have just been on one at the time because I'm very good at jumping into things and getting focused a lot and wanting to do something and doing everything and kind of almost wanting to be the centre of attention to a degree. And then sometimes my focus just turns off in a heartbeat. But when I joined the Labour Party, I had serious intentions. I wanted to change the world. Mm. And... I kind of saw after, I think it was about two, three years of being in there, well, two and a half years, that I wasn't going to change the world and I was barely going to change anything in the city unless I kind of conformed to a particular ideology, uh, which is probably one of the main problems with the Labour Party as a whole, is that it is so torn between everyone. And I was, I feel like a lot of us were ostracised, and I know that's still happening now, Um nationally and locally and I just didn't fit in anymore and I was just getting larier and larier to people and because I just saw people and I was kind of like I think it kind of comes out and this is the only time I'm going to swear that that the, I think this is the Pompey in me but I feel like you can't bullshit a bullshitter and all I saw for a long time and I still see it now as bullshitters and that's where I just feel like people didn't have honest intentions, genuine intentions, not honest intentions, mm. genuine intentions, and just made me angry, upset, and I just didn't want to do it anymore. And plus, I'd sidelined my whole family for months in this campaign, and I didn't realise it until I needed my family when everything was falling apart, and my husband defended my honour quite brilliantly at that point, and it kind of snapped me out of something, of being so driven into, oh, my God, I have a young family, what am I up to? And um, that's why through my council time, when I've had stuff to go to an award, my family have always come with me if it's at the weekends, always involve them, always want them out and about, and they enjoy coming out and seeing different people and always asking about the adventure playgrounds and if we can go. And like, I live in just like, in Fratsy or whatever you want to call it, but 
I will still take my time after I finish being a counsellor, taking my family to places uh, where there's events there because number one, they're so inclusive and lovely. They're mostly free and it's just a lot nicer. People are a lot nicer there. I don't even know what question I was answering. I just went off on one, but like, I feel like I'm doing okay. It's fine, right? That's okay. Don't worry. You're you're doing well. So um, having said that, you're standing down this. You're standing yeah. down this election. I am standing down. What is Few it? Few reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Number one, uh, I can't. I, we had a brief discussion about this before. Um, now I finish university. Um, I have full time job, uh, which I've had since about June, which I kind of got by accident applying for an agency. I didn't realise I'd get an interview on the job so quickly, but it doesn't pay very well, um, considering my qualifications. But I love it, and. Um, my husband's like middle income job. I live in private rented accommodation. I have two children. Energy bills are on the rise and we've had a quite a big rise in our bill that we've got the letter through that I just simply cannot afford to be a counsellor. Uh, that's one reason. Second reason is that I get a lot of crap from people that don't like me. Um, I am um, during like the early BLM stuff when people were defending our statue stat- war memorials for no reason. I made a post on Facebook because loads of people stood on Guildhall Square at like 11 o'clock in the morning drinking Stella on a Saturday, apparently defending our war memorials. And I was like, this is, you know what this is. This is just comes down to a line of people thinking they're defending Britain or whatever but it's not it's like people being pseudo racist over this stuff because I people like me who believe in BLM and social justice don't have any intention of doing anything to desecrate war memorials I don't know where people get this mindset from so I just made some point saying that they're all maybe racist and that was a whole weekend of uh, threats of violence rape threats diggity death threats but um rape threats that I had to report to the police and stuff and complaints at the council and that was the day my partner turned around Aaron and he was just like I can't have you run again (laughs) like I love you but please don't and it was the moment he said that I was like fine that's completely that's fine I think I'd already made the decision also unless you have a party machine behind you and a lot of money to get you doing leaflets and postal vote letters and all sorts Portsmouth, I know they voted for Councillor Madgwick in Paulsgrove, but that was a campaign that was obviously had money behind it. He was putting letters out to the whole of Paulsgrove months before the election and, and other things that I can't afford to do that. And I could have helped everybody individually in that ward. And I still doubt that I'd be voted in because people do vote within party lines in Portsmouth. And I think that's, I mean, first of all, you know, it, the, the treatment you described there is is appalling and, and nobody should ever experience that. And I think it's important we recognise that. But uh, I think that, you know, the challenge that you pose there in terms of being the independent and not having that party machine behind you, um, you know. It means it I can run my mouth. <laughs> that's what happened. That's happened. <laughs> So if we look ahead to May, you know, we've got four candidates standing in in Charles Dickens. You know, we've got Labour, Lib Dem. Um, who's the other one? Conservatives. Oh, yes, I should have realised that. And um, the Portsmouth Independence um, Party. You know, it, it, are any of those candidates appealing to you? Or, uh, you know, if you're forced to, 
you know, we're not forced to, but you've got that opportunity to go up and, and put your cross in the box. Would you be backing any of them? So I live in Central Southsea. Uh, so my vote is probably, uh, in that respect, will probably be going to my opponent in the 2018 Charles Dickens election, uh, Sarah, uh, for Lib Dems, because Lib Dems helped me out a lot and I have a lot of loyalty to them and I normally do now. And that was the, the hottest ward in the whole uh, borough last year, wasn't it? It, it was, was, and I cannot tell you how devo I was over Steve Pitt to the point I was walking to the pub to meet my friends at Croxton and um, I'd received the news um, that potentially that he'd lost his seat during the kind of um, initial count. And um, I was so upset that I bought everyone a shot of tequila at the table. <laughs> I couldn't tell them why. <laughs> I know the who the candidates are apart from the conservative one so um my friend who lives in the ward got the generic ports of independent party letter that come through saying hello i'm thinking about standing in your ward so basically if you say yes because it costs money blah 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 i'm gonna run for you and um it's one of those letters that says, oh, I hate party politics and stuff. Um, obviously, I Googled the person on there and he, whilst he says he lives in council estates, he also lives in Chichester, according to his Facebook. So there you go. Um, number two, I've, I haven't met the Labour candidate and she seems like an absolutely lovely woman. Um, I, I believe she's Nigerian. She's done a lot in the ward. I've spoken to Cal and Kirsty about her just to see who she was. And they're like, she's lovely. And that's great. So normally I would probably vote Labour, but Maria's running in for the Lib Dems and I know Maria so well and I have done since being a councillor because we've done stuff in the local charity patch together she didn't live in the ward and now she lives in the ward and I see her quite a lot obviously um, Simon will know who she is a big fixture in Pompey politics stuff she goes to housing so it's like housing um, consortium meetings you'll see her at council meetings she was at the last oh am I allowed to say that she was at the last one do not like to film but she she would tell you that she goes to meetings and um through the fact that I love her and I know that she'd be brilliant I would vote for Maria <laughs> excellent she would be a good counsellor and she wouldn't take any crap from people either and she'll get to bring a little bear with her everywhere and I like that and we get to talk about she has a massive collection of DVDs and we talk about what DVDs and books she has so I like that too <laughs> like, she does still have community issues but like you get yeah, to know people on such a personal level when you're like <laughs> you get to know a bit, you get to know a bit about them um, um yeah. okay so in your in your in, and it's certainly been a um as if the start wasn't tumultuous enough the four years that you've been as a councillor has been quite a tumultuous time there's been lots of things lots of things going on um so what would you say that what would you say is the the result or change that you're most proud of in your in your four years um funding lgbtq services i managed to uh fund them a little bit and now i've been promised they've been sucked into the budget for good so it just started out so for you started a long time ago under an officer at the council who's now a director and it was like a lgbt service for uh 13 to 19 year olds and it was like a once a week youth club for people to go to who are a little bit lost etc etc about identity and uh, sexuality and obviously you get appropriate advice and a place to fit in and support work 
So um, I talked to I, some of the support workers I was friends with. So we were chatting and sending money and I said, oh, we've got this idea. I was like, what about the support that you have from like 19 to 25, like up to care lever age? So I managed to get some money in for us, for a worker in for that. And then um, that's how to get uptake. And then the following year, I had money put in for the parents and carers and young people from eight to 13. So that always involves a parent and carer or carer uh, because identity issues do happen from quite a young age and people might need support, especially parents need support at that point. It's not like they're going straight and going, oh my God, they're not going to go turn up and go, oh my God, my son's wearing a dress. I need some support. It's like people who genuinely, who who have had issues for a continued amount of time and people that have not been able to get anywhere with a doctor because waiting this is so long. So I was quite proud of that. And also the for you thing, when it was for adults, it was called for me. And now it's called for us, for the young people. I don't think of those names, but for me, that, that's the best bit about it. They thought those names, but it's been taken into the budget for good. So the people that have been employed to do those things don't have to worry about their jobs. That was my worry when I was going to leave. And the fact that those services get to carry on to such a degree probably saves quite a few lives without us realising. So that's nice to know. I feel like it's a good achievement. Yeah, often with often with those programmes, they're sort of funded year to year, aren't they? And the people mm. that, that work in them are, are you know, are, are always got sort of half an eye over their shoulder in terms of, you know, well, if the funding runs out, all of this stops. So do you feel that going forward, they're in safe hands now? For a few years, yeah. If anyone tries to change anything at the budget, they'll know that I'll just come back and start shouting at a council meeting as a member of the public. So Gerald knows this. So <laughs> they got to watch out for me, I guess. But like, yeah, sure. <laughs> I think at the moment there's a good few years in it, definitely. But I don't know what the, the scope of cuts is going to be or... Or anything, or the scope of the world. Like I don't know if we'll get nuked next Tuesday or whatever. So at this at this particular moment, we could all be just living like was it Sheffield? That's where Fred's was set, wasn't it? In Sheffield, is that where the bomb yeah. went off? So we could be like Sheffield post Fred's. Not what I it is now, but like Fred's Portsmouth. Yeah, any, any bit of it, anybody of a certain age that remembers Threads, which was. Which was <laughs> You know um, what? set in Sheffield on BBC yeah. um, it's a go and look it up on YouTube or, or look it up there, there's um yes it, it, it's like etched it? into people's it? memories if you've if you've seen it you can't you can't forget it um so uh, yeah, Ian, because the cuts have been so relentless yeah. for such a long time that mm. and, and I know that the Lib Dem budget this year said we're not going to make any cuts next year this is how we're going to do that I'd be like how do you know that I said in the meeting how do you know that's true like like things are changing so rapidly in this world a month ago the Ukraine was all right we were well mm. Putin was kind of said I'm not going to invade Ukraine but we all knew he was going to do it and now it's a decimated country with millions mm. of refugees and that was in the matter of a, like a week yep it's a scary, so it's a scary world. It, it's a, a scary yeah. time. So if, if we look at the makeup of, of Portsmouth Council, and, and I'm sure there are many, many hours of your life that you're never going to get back in that council chamber. Um, but yourself and Jeanette Smith worked worked, um, worked closely together um, for the Portsmouth People's Progressives. And, and often, you know, it, it meant that 
you know even with, with the chamber as tight as it was it meant that um you know people would be looking to to sort of court your votes um you you referenced george who came in as a sort of third independent and now there's this portsmouth independence group you know how do you see the council chamber working um you know going forward what what do you think the future is for independence in portsmouth i'm not too sure i i want to say that unless you have a lot of money like i said before if, unless you have a lot of money going into your campaign i don't think you'd get anywhere like i think back to which i still call the ukipping of 2014 mm. which was in portsmouth where it was a very brexit like related campaign and loads of councils across England had so many people voting UKIP because people were kind of conflating elections at the same time, I suppose. They were so angry about the EU at this point in 2014 still that they all voted UKIP and they voted UKIP in areas like Charles Dickens, Nelson, yep. um, Paulsgrove, Baffins, and excluding Baffins at the moment, a lot of places these people have been voted for in areas where they are just people living in poverty, don't usually vote, very low turnout, people that um, probably wouldn't vote for a party because they feel like it's establishment. And I get that because I, I'd rather not vote for a party, I'd rather vote for a person, definitely. Mm. And um, in the Baffins, it's weird. I don't know why. I feel like it's the aspirational working class that live there. So lots of people who may have come from trades, but kind of bought their own houses and stuff. Well, I worked in Bath in the Baffins area for a really long time, and I love Baffins a lot. But um, it's full of geezers and Baffins. I can't be saying it like yeah, that. The, the, well, there, there, there is there is a theory that says if you turn up in the jolly tax at about five o'clock on a Saturday with 30 grand in folding, you can get yourself a house built by the end of the weekend. <laughs> well, probably is true. Like, I, when, I, when I worked at, in Babbins, I was looking for a house and like tradesmen were coming in and I was like talking to regulars. I was like, oh, I might know a house that you can rent and all stuff like this. So you get anything that you wanted in Babbins. It's a lovely little village. I love it there. Yeah. But I think it's the same kind of mentality of wanting to vote for someone different. So maybe Portsmouth Independence Party do have a chance if they're sending out letters saying, I don't want to put up with the party bullshit, but, and they're literally using that word in a letter, but I feel like people will vote for what's comfortable. More of your middle-class voters in Bathurst will probably still vote live them no matter what, but obviously my vote is with Jeanette. And um, pending, because I've got a job that might be um, is within the civil service and um, I'm hoping to move about. I might not be able to campaign, <laughs> so I'm hoping that I still can and help her during the election. But um, if I do move about, I won't be able to, and I'll have to shut down my councillor page immediately, which is a bit sad um, for the job. Yeah, and I guess, <laughs> so, yeah, I guess that. So do you keep your councillor page all the way up to uh, the May election? Yeah, so I still don't know what I'm going to do with it. Like, I could just turn it back into a campaigning page. I think it's got like 600 likes, and I have, after the whole BLM statues thing, I got quite a lot of likes in. And also, after organising the pro, well, co organising the protest that happened outside the Guildhall in October, I um, got quite a few likes in. And um, sorry, that distracted me in that chat bit. Sorry, um, Claire. <laughs> 
sorry. I'm sorry, it's interesting. Um, that I've got a lot of people that might not be from Portsmouth following me, so I could mm. I could turn into an influencer. There could be an admin spot on a very famous meme page that I'm allowed to have after me as well. Really? Yeah. That I've had nothing to do with this whole time. That I've got that <laughs> no. Oh no, absolutely. We will delineate <laughs> between those two. Yeah. I mean, no, 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 not the BBC, not so product there. placement is no. allowed. But um, <laughs> yeah. Portsmouth News did a page, did a news article about influencers from Portsmouth, and um, it said about all these people that had like thousands of followers, or not even like some had like five thousand, whatever. And I just made a slight comment saying, "Did you know Mean Portsmouth has eleven thousand followers?" <laughs> I was like, "So maybe I could get, I could put a campaign in and become a proper social media influencer for Portsmouth." If it pays the bills, if it stops me from having a real job, that'd be nice to be fair. Yeah, that, that is the dream. <laughs> but coming back to the council chamber, it, 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 it you know, again, how, how do you how do you view the, you know, that there's a school of thought that says there's the conservatives or not the conservatives. It almost doesn't matter who you vote for, whether you vote for Labour or, you know, you vote for the. Portsmouth progressive people or you vote for the independent group you know all of those people that aren't the Lib Dems are only ever going to back the Lib Dems because they're not going to back the Conservatives yeah I think that, I think that's true to a big degree like because I you know you know it I subscribe to the thought of never Tories and and do you know what? Being a councillor has taught me working with people does help the city for its benefits. And yep. I have had this in council meetings. I'm willing to cooperate and work with conservative politicians for the betterment of our city. But I think when it comes to big voting, like budgets, it's like, oh, we could agree. Right? If people spoke before the budget and like negotiated with people, then maybe we could do like a big, lovely all-inclusive budget i know that gerald brought up something about how isle of white do it i can't remember what it was so it is hard because i feel like it would be never tourist. i think if the ports because if if ports of independent politicians came in and they're given a free vote then maybe they might vote conservative i know that there's an ex-u kipper running in coffee and if he got a seat he's not going to want to vote for the lib dems is he well, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting point that we 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 did put it to to George, but it it is interesting that you know of the eight seats that they're contesting, six of them are held by conservatives. So um, so uh, they're 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 not helping us just at the minute. If I'm no, asking. but like they should contest Paulsgrove. They there's their right, isn't it? And Labour should be contesting Paulsgrove as well. But I feel like they've completely given up on it. And I didn't want to give up on it. My family come from Paulsgrove, and I put a lot of work in Paulsgrove. Like it, I joined the uh, as a councillor, I brought, joined the Portsmouth so uh, Paulsgrove uh, Community Association as a councillor representative when I joined as a councillor. So. Um, because I wanted to see what was going on in Portsgrove. If I ran again, I think I'd consider running in Portsgrove because my heart, like whilst I didn't grow up there, I spent a lot of time there with my nan every weekend and my whole family are from there. Mm. And my heart kind of lives up there. And I've seen how Labour have just kind of chucked it away. So Portsgrove are very ripe for an independent type politician because they, 
they had later they did have labor for decades they always did my nan always everyone voted labor for a long mm. time before Grove, like post-war areas always did and it was thriving and then all of a sudden the Blair years came along things just kind of got chucked aside and then and then Penny came along and like Penny's like I'm not going to say Penny's been all right but Penny has been all right isn't she I think so she's she's in the area you see her in Portsmouth she's done more for trans rights than I feel like Labour have lately so and she comes out and she says some things that would really annoy the rest of her party at the moment like I'm still never Tory but Penny's an all right an M- MP. And, that, and like, this is going to be put on YouTube. <laughs> and my friends are going to be really pissed off when we saying that. But like, here you are. But like, that's what my time as a counselor has taught me is that I'm willing to listen to people to a degree. And yeah. <laughs> and yes. And, um, and I guess kind of the, the thing that happens at local politics is that aside from the kind of the pantomime in budget meetings or in the full council meeting, actually what everybody that we speak to talks about is actually how much the parties work, how basically councillors work with each other to get things done, regardless of party lines. They're just trying to find a, a way through. It just seems a shame that the pantomime that is an 11-hour t- uh, table-thumping exercise that is the full council meeting isn't really representative of what really happens um, in, in local politics. No, it's pantomime to a degree. I'm glad that I'm going to be a few hours late on Tuesday because I've got work uh, and I was refused to leave, so I'll be turning off about half past four. Um, it's people, because it, it's a public meeting, you just kind of want to make your stand. And also, it's the last one before the elections. You normally get some contentious motions going in that will go into leaflets ultimately, so you, you, you will be hearing about that. Um, I didn't put a motion in. I knew it was my last meeting. I didn't want to put a motion in. Like, I used to love speaking all the time at full council meetings. COVID killed it off to a degree. Uh, doing meetings over teams just sucked the fun out of anything, being a councillor, because you couldn't see people. You were just shut. Like, politics became a lot more polarised because you were just shutting on the internet for mm. a good six months at that point. People were just couldn't go out and negotiate with people. You were just arguing constantly but it is a pantomime and it's still kind of like that in planning a little bit i left planning this year but i have been on planning for three years and that supposed to it is it's it's a proper committee you're not supposed to be political at all but you could see it you could see people arguing with each other and voting maybe or maybe not within party lines but it was that's what upsets me about the politics kind of side of it and I know I said that I'm never Tories but there is a degree of being so against each other that you want to shout each other at full council meetings when actually in committee meetings or cabinet meetings or meetings with officers we're all we all to a degree get on really well have a not have a laugh I do have a laugh with quite a lot of people yeah but it but it's not kind of the the um, I was trying to think of the right. It, it, it's not the performance theatre that the that it's almost in a sense that full council is, is the council's equivalent of PMQs. There aren't ne- the, the the number of real questions or real solutions that get proposed and dealt with mm. is, is actually a small proportion of the conversation. Whereas 
what most people remember and actually most of the people watching are only party activists anyway are probably from you know for yeah. most of the time um but most of it is it's just performance theater and you couldn't run any other organization like that without someone from hr taking you to one side and you know to words to the effect of did you have to be quite a <laughs> about that dick um okay well, you, you can say that um so um yeah. I haven't called anyone a dick in a meeting. I said uh, a few years ago, you've all got a hard on for parking. That was my problem. Yes, no, I, I, I remember a particular, at the time, leader of a particular political group who shall remain nameless got particularly exercised about that. Um, yes, they did They did get kind of really. <laughs> also, I said the word spaffed about someone and then yes. Donna got really upset. And um, then I said spaff, like, I was like, I'm sorry, I used the word spaffed <laughs> over teams. And then my husband was sat behind me and was like, doesn't Boris use the word spaff? He did, something? yeah. He, he yeah. might have used it. I think <laughs> we need to move on to the next yes, question. Yes, yeah, let, let's move on before um, before we um, start. Do, yeah, so, um, so there are too few women councillors on Portsmouth City Council. Um, about a quarter of the 42 councillors, if, if actually probably slightly less, um are actually women um so do you, why do you think that is and how can everybody what can everybody do the parties i guess specifically because they're the largest recruiters if you like of future councillors um do to address this this lacking of diversity and representation in city councillors uh women just don't want to be councillors i think i think they look into it and see that it's just a load of arguing with people and um, people certainly know what I've been through and um, maybe like Councillor Barrett's watching and I'll see the message, it's really lovely, um, that you get a lot of crap and I think you have to be mentally prepared to be a councillor and I've learned to kind of just out of sight, out of mind it. I deliberately don't look at, well, sometimes I look at comments and stuff, but I won't. I have people blocked on Twitter Um especially over trans rights issues i have like a plugin that black blocks anyone who's like gender critical because they really like to go in on you and say really truly um appalling things so i don't see that i've seen that some famous people have retweeted me screaming stuff at a, a protest before and that's quite fun but other than that i'd i women don't want to run because they see how women are treated in politics also I think I would love for more women to be able to stand up and I'd love to support them to be councillors. But my advice has always been, don't do it <laughs> to a degree. Like if you're so set and intent on doing it, I am absolutely someone you should talk to and I will support you the full way. It's just that there is a lot of like kind of mental work that has to go into putting yourself forward and putting yourself on the front line like that. And, and to a degree, you've got to be a bit narcissistic, haven't you, if you want to be a politician, because you've kind of got to be like, it's about me, you need to look at me, I need to tell you things, you need to listen to me, and stuff like that. And um, you'll just get outspoken, like, people will be louder than you if you go in as a quiet person, and you'll just lose your way quite quickly, and that puts people off. And, yeah... Do you want to... Do, do you think more? the financial element has a part to play? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like... You know, if you're a mother and you're just working minimum wage in a minimum wage family, privately running a house, you cannot afford to be a counsellor. You cannot afford to give your time to be a counsellor. So the last year for me has been really hard because I've not been able to like, commit my time 
as much as I've wanted to. Like, I've because of my job, I've not been able to go to coffee mornings uh, that I've wanted to go to, and I've mm. been desperate. Like, I'd have to physically book leave from work to, to go to these now, but I need to earn an income. Like, you can only really be a counsellor if you're retired or you have a or if you're a woman you might have a rich partner to support you or if you know that you you won't have to pay like won't be completely stuck for rent if you become one because really it pays what about ten thousand a year mm. paid minimum wage paid me um 40 hours a week minimum wage i can just about afford to be a counselor um it would be tight at home and be even tighter when my bills got about eight pounds a month next month it's already quite high as it is, but I should be just to be able to do it then. So I've always been a support of having a proper wage for counsellors so they can devote their time into being a counsellor because the, the model that it is, it completely leaves out working parents massively. I don't know how many, quite a few people that I know in the Conservative that are still quite young are like working and stuff. And I know some talk, or some of them that are working, but quite a few are retired and they can just put their time into it definitely it's um it, it's an interesting thing because listening to those listening to those responses and it's actually quite depressing in a way because here we are in in, in 2022 uh, and fundamentally a lot of those things are, are misogynistic in their origins aren't they um, yeah like every the whole world was built for men like there's books about that too <laughs> about how literally everything was built for men and that that we're still so far away it's not like even like i want like women to be better than men like to a degree i just want to strive for gender equality um but like nothing unless there's substantial change i don't think you'd get the women in unless more women did want to come forward and put the time in but kids kids in a job make it really hard definitely especially my kids still being young like they're seven and eight now but from the moment my like I said my daughter was one when I started getting involved in this and um they're still not politicized now which is quite disappointing but <laughs> maybe that's a good thing in a way but oh, I'd like I was gonna say maybe I've not been invested at all I've taken yeah, my they... daughter on a march yeah took my daughter on a march and they, she was they, like they, saying they, oh, I hate the NHS because she was really pissed off that I took her on a march about the NHS well, yeah <laughs> if, they, if they see all these these heavily important social justice issues as, as as competitors for your time I guess there's an age at which kids obviously don't get that and get that why those yeah. things are important and as, as they get older they they, they tend to and they you know hopefully they'll they'll do the whole thing of rebelling against you and then agreeing with you as they get older because that's the <laughs> i said that they'll rebel and turn into tories i <laughs> oh, think that's going to be the ultimate rebellion isn't it like that would upset me the most well i ian's just keeping on the electoral roll just to send out um, <laughs> you know, happy, yep. happy 18th yep. birthday here's a here's a how do you apply <laughs> So, so just to add to, uh, so quickly some some comments. So we've had some uh, lovely comments in the in the comment stream. So um, Kimberly Barrett, the councillor for Milton, is, is, uh, says that she she agrees with your the the remarks that you were saying about um, women councillors. Hundred percent true. Took me years to decide to stand as I hated seeing the the fighting, bickering, and vile attacks. Plus, it's never um, fun being targeted by people, and you become 
um, a bit of a target about anything and everything. So you kind of is that kind of thing of sticking your head above the parapet, isn't it? I guess. Um, but she also um, said earlier, actually, so lots of love um, for Claire. The work she has done for the city is amazing, particularly uh, with the LGBTQ plus community. I know I will definitely miss her in the council chamber and, and big up for a fellow councillor who is also a mum and works and understands the struggles and pressures that brings trying to do it all. That brings trying to do it all. That's a lovely. Yeah, I love Kim, you. honestly. Kim does, like... I don't Kim know, I don't know. How I, many I, emails I, she gets. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm, I'd never get that amount of emails. I, I'm honestly, when you got that, I thought you got a bong out. I was like, what is he going no, he's not. No, 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 no. not not, not yet. Not his kettle of onions. No, not yet. That's later on. But um, that's it. We should have a legal we Yeah, I, I must admit, listen, listening to the to the things that um, <laughs> I, I swear there's actually two of two of Kimberly somewhere. She's cloned herself somewhere along the line because I don't know how the hell yeah. she gets it all in. I really don't. Yeah. Um, and to anybody doing it, anybody like you say, anybody putting their um, putting their name out there is um, I've got a, you know we've got, we should have a, a lot of respect for uh, for people even if we disagree with them politically. Yeah, um, it takes a lot. To, like, it takes a lot to do that. So uh, yeah, la, 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 la. another Moving lovely on. message that we had on the uh, on the way in was from a lady called Debbie Suffield who just asked us to pass on her thanks to you for all the support that you've given her during your time as a councillor. So uh, um, it was it was been really nice to see some of those positive messages and no doubt i will bump into you at some point absolutely <laughs> so whatever happens in charles dickens the whoever wins there is going to be a first time councillor what advice would you give them go to every coffee morning you can get to just throw yourself in it i like it's i find it quite hard to initiate conversations with people that i like inherently don't know when you just walk in somewhere and everyone's kind of looking at you it just makes me freeze but kind of like, kind of just throw yourself in there and get to know everyone. There's always something to do in Charles Dickens. Every moment of the day, there's something going on, especially because of the high rate of social housing. We've got the big library and stuff. Like, get to know your officers, scope them out. <laughs> I feel like you should scope officers out and they probably agree that. Get to have, know who. Have you got? Have you got a crib sheet on officers you could share with them? Well, I'm not like a crib sheet, but like if people wanted to talk to me and my honest opinion on some people, then I can give it, but not over this podcast. Is that a kind of like so, how they like their coffee kind of thing? Is that the? Yeah, I suppose so. But like, it's weird working kind of like with people that have to kind of that are politically neutral, but at the same time are working in kind of. Because local government, well, they say Portsmouth don't pay very well. Local government pays well. It's a good job to have, doesn't it? So are they in the job because they care about the city or are they in the job because the money is all right? <laughs> also, I said this all the time. I've said it at four council meetings. Like, all the women that are PAs for, like, um, our chief executive, our director of finance and... And uh, Councillor Vernon Jackson and stuff are all women, and uh, because obviously women do genuinely do a better job at organising diaries than men can. We, we all know that. But other than that, it's the fact that they all sit outside their offices. So when you walk through that part of the Civic, it's just women sitting outside offices of men, and I hate that bit of it. But I can understand why you would probably inherently, well, men probably wouldn't apply for those kinds of jobs. But at the same time, it's kind of jarring walking through and just seeing women at desks. 
It does it sounds very it does mad speak man. to your roots. Yeah. yeah. It is a bit mad man, do you know what I mean? But there's no kind of um Christina Hendricks or um the Scientologist one who was in the other thing. Oh uh, Elizabeth Moss. Through. Yes, Elizabeth Moss coming through saying I'm gonna take control of this. I don't see that very often. We have like one or two female directors, the rest of the men. But like that's a common problem everywhere. Did you see the bot over International Women's Day that was retweeting um, companies that were tweeting about International Women's Day and they were given the percentage of median pay about how much men were paid more on the median pay than women? And like obviously banks, <laughs> banks and law firms, huge amount of difference. I think it was 9% men median pay over women in Portsmouth City Council. So not too bad, but... Some were absolutely astonishing, but that, that bot was a great thing all day, just completely, it was a good thing to say. Better than Richard Herring's, you know, what, what day is International Men's Day? I don't think he did that this year, but like, um, you know, we used to do that. Yeah, yeah. Always, there's I always one there was, though anyway, isn't there? There, there was, I think it was the Daily Mash ran the story that said, men absolutely gutted as uh, after 364 days in a row, they never made the 365th for International Men's Day. Exactly. I, I said at work, I was like, every day is International Men's Day. Like, I was looking forward to saying that from the morning. Was it Tuesday? I was like, I'm going to get it in. And about by 11 o'clock, I'd said it. <laughs> so what, um, so as you're, as you're kind of counting down to, um, you know to the effectively kind of i guess to the to the close of ballots actually on on is it may the 5th um Thank you. what is your what is your what's your future going to look like if you're not going to have to suffer through 11 hour council meetings of well i'll be at work till half four do you know what i'll probably tune in for a bit because i'm a glutton for punishment and i do have uh, an interest in local politics which will never ever go away and um, i'll still be doing community work um which i'm very much looking forward to in my spare time but yeah i'm looking forward to not sitting through the pantomime like i used to love going to meetings all the time because i was going to uni in the first two years so I was always in the civic. I was always going to meetings and then COVID hit and it just stopped. And, it, and COVID did kill it a lot for me because it was just kind of like, I know you have meetings on teams and that's cool. Like working from home has been a revelation. It's finally happened. It should have happened a very long time ago. But at the same time, the kind of participation of people being around the table was really useful for a lot of people. And that kind of killed it off. It was a bit sad. So children grown up, looking so, to the future, are we never saying never or could we see a return of the UD? Uh, of the UD, that sounds fun, doesn't it? Well, maybe if I take over control of uh, 11,000 people on Facebook, I could set up a campaign with my own political party in the long run. But other than that, I think if I'm a lot older and I'm angry about an issue, I would think about coming back. But um, it needs to be when the kids are a hell of a lot older. Maybe my kids might want to get involved in local politics. But like I said, they'll probably rebel and turn into Tories. So if they want to join the Conservative Party, um, so, no. So, <laughs> I'll let you into a little insight, Claire, which is my, my father used to be a, he was a staunch trade unionist. And he was, a, he was the president of the National Association of Wallpaper Decorative and Allied Trades. <laughs> uh, true, true, blue, true socialist in his nature. 
So uh, he wouldn't be happy at the way I've turned out. So, uh, so <laughs> it could go wrong for you, Claire. I'd be quite disappointed, but like it's up to them what they want to do. But like I've not forced them into anything at all. Like I'm terrified to even tell them about um, uh, like um, climate change because I don't want to freak them out. Like my, my, my dad used to have the news on all the time when I was a kid, like six o'clock news before 24 hour rolling news. And like my earliest memories are like, the end of like the Gulf War, um, Dunblane massacre. I remember watching that on TV and what was it, 96? It was the anniversary mm. like today, wasn't it? Or yesterday. And I remember watching that on TV and being terrified. I was only in primary school at the time. And it's just like my, my daughter, she's a bit weird, like she'll she won't mind me saying all that. She said she's got a digital radio alarm clock in her room, seven o'clock, it goes off. Because she always talks about the Dave Berry Breakfast Show on Virgin Radio. She's only seven. But I've, I've tried to get her to change it to 7.10 because I don't want her to listen to the news. She was like, I like listening to depressing news. She's seven. It's going to... It's gonna scar her. What? What? Yeah. Sorry. There's. What? 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 What's okay? Well. Well, just imagine me, but tiny and insane, and that's Daisy. So. Okay. Well, I don't don't think we can. I don't. don't We're not. At least we're not prepared to. Yeah. Well. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Kids, they find their own way. We have another lovely comment, uh, by the way, from Elliot. Uh, thank you for your thank champion you. work for the LGBTQIAP plus uh, community. So uh, another thank you there from Elliot. Um, so, uh, yeah, so the comment, there's lots of love there coming in the, coming in the comments there, Claire. Um, so, Ian. Yeah, so, so I guess the, the final question is, what about being a local councillor are you going to miss the most? Coffee, I said it a million times, coffee morning, <laughs> cakes. I went to that D-Day thing, didn't I, as a counsellor? That was the most surreal day that I've ever had. Like, I was sat feet away. Like, Gerald was talking to Justin Trudeau, right? Like, literally talking to him. And I managed to wave down to Gerald. And Gerald said something to Justin. And then Justin waved at me. And I thought I fell pregnant just by that wave. <laughs> <laughs> there was a fair bit of swooning going on in Lib Dem circles. Where, um, no, the... no, honestly. I met Jeremy Corbyn properly that day. I'd seen him out and about because I'd gone to like Toll Puddle. But that was the day I properly met Jeremy Corbyn and had a chat with him. And hello, Jeanette. I was just seeing a chat. Oh, I was kissing um, Jeanette. Yeah. So, and obviously working with Jeanette has been really great because we have a laugh and we both have similar pro- um, politics and we're just great with each other. I'm going to miss that. I'm going to miss pissing about with Dave Ashmore because and Tom to a degree as well. Um, um, I can still go to things in the ward. It's not going to stop me going to things, isn't it? Obviously, I miss... We used to have all right drinks after council, like when Dave Fuller was mayor. Miss those. Miss Lord, Lord Mayor's dinners are most surreal things. I had to bow to a picture of the Queen and say thank you the first time. And I was like, what are we doing? Like... I don't do this. Was the was the rainbow dress in play that evening as well? No, I. Do you know what I spend so much money on clothes on charity shops mostly, but I have an outfit for everything. I did wear it again since. I, my, when I went up my first time as a council, you know the full council where you get like inaugurated or whatever. I wore a purple sequin dress, very regal. And um, I've normally tried to have a different, unique outfit every full council and makeup look. Um, the councillors certainly know about it. 
but um, it's because I know I am on camera, so I try and look nice. People are going to miss the fashion that I brought to the council. I, well, there, I, there, there we go. And again, it's, 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 it's a very so much Emily difficult one for me to clear in the chamber kind of thing, isn't it? But Yeah, like, oh, I just have no filter, really, which is another thing I've learned about myself over the last couple of years. And I'm going through a diagnosis process for like autism and ADHD is that I can embrace my no filter a little bit. So council meetings can be like, but I've learned to kind of restrain myself and sit here and and not say something because sometimes I just want to shout at people when people say really like, like the you know like was it the LGBT motion that we did conversion therapy and then Matt Atkins said something mm -hmm. and like if yeah. holy crap but I'm like I think I was very restrained in what I said because I spoke after him but like people were just like oh my god because Claire two three years ago would have screamed I did scream at someone at the full council meeting about a year in because they took campaigning photos outside my house. I won't mention any names, but I started screaming in the middle of full council and I had to turn the stream off. And Steve Pitt was like, congratulations, I was the last person who made them do that. <laughs> and, and I think... Uh, I, I, so, look, you know, it's been an absolutely fantastic show and and thank you. You know, I mm. guess we've we've got to raise a glass to to Jarvis Cocker and his, his chums who obviously... Uh, Got you uh, suitably lubricated enough that you just agreed to say yes and come on. If anyone else wants to go to Butlins, get pissed, and then agree to come on the podcast, they're quite welcome. Yep. Yeah, uh, we 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 are we are not shy in terms of why people come on, just provided they come on. So I quite enjoyed it, and I've been avoiding it this whole time. I have quite enjoyed hearing the sound of my own voice for the last hour. It's been quite nice. And also, I did say to Simon and Messages that you should branch out of your presenters, and like I know that you have like a blue and a yellow. You should have a woman anarchist on the other side, right? Well, I did, again, the, the, the guest the guest presenter role remains open, Claire, and, you know, with more time on your hands, then, you know, your people can talk to our people. I'm sure we can we can find something to make it work. I wish I said I had people, but as I was just... <laughs> Truth yeah, is, when we, we don't When we say our people, what really it means is, is me Googling. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just me yeah. researching stuff on the internet. That, that's what he means. But um, that, but yeah, no, thank you for that. That was really good. Yeah, but it's really thank worth you the wait. Who, who watched? Like, I can see comments. That one comment there. But other than that, yeah, really yeah, we're, we're skipping past that one. Um, <laughs> yes. So um, yeah, well done. Uh, but so, thank you for finally fitting us in. No, that's been brilliant. And, and Claire, look, on you know, our politics don't align, but you know, we know. we've spoken to enough councillors to know just how bloody hard you guys work, and it's a thankless task. So, on behalf of the people of Portsmouth and the people of Charles Dickens, thank you for giving four years of service and bringing a real splash of colour and um, and vibrancy to an often grey chamber. Thank you. That's really lovely. And we didn't have to bleep anything out at all no like minimal swearing we well. we've we've we, we should all be proud so, thank you hello family everyone. show hello, family show you've been listening to the pompey politics podcast i've been ian tiny morris and, and i've been, been... oh was it you next sorry I've been uh, no it was just me throwing to you go for let, let's do that again <laughs> ian let, let, come on let's do, let's get this right Ian. Let's get this right. Come on, we're in unity. You've been listening to the Pompey Politics Podcast. I've been Ian Tiny Morris. 
and I've been Councillor Claire UD. My pronouns are she, they. Thank you. <laughs> and I've been Simon Sansbury. Please do join us uh, next week at 6.27. Uh, we'll be in, um, announcing that during the week. Uh, but also, uh, don't forget, we've got up-and-coming um, hustings for May's local elections. Uh, so we're reorganising those. And we announced this week the first one has been scheduled in, which is for Cosham on April the 3rd. Uh, so do keep an eye. And if, um, if the candidates you're supporting in your ward, ask them if, if they've agreed to come on just yet. Join us next week, 6.27. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pompey Politics Podcast. If you want to make sure you get notifications about upcoming shows and get to know when we're live, we normally broadcast live 6.27pm on a Sunday evening, then follow us on Facebook at Pompey Politics Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at Pompey Politics One. Please, if you'd like to, feel free to leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts and you can even ask Alexa to play the podcast for you. Alexa. Play the latest episode of the Pompey Politics Podcast. Getting Pompey Politics Podcast from Amazon Music. Alexa, the latest episode. stop. See? It's easy.